Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, it is so great to be here, and I, I really am thrilled. Um, we talked uh, earlier, Eric and I were talking just a little bit about um, the fact that we, you know, we had to move to Texas. We did that in um, April uh, because of some medical issues with my sister and my mom, and uh, we just we just had to make the move. And it was very challenging, very difficult and he was kind of asking me so you know you've been away from the grove for a few months i mean what's the thing that you miss the most um about the grove or what you what you've noticed and i i said you know the one thing is really that sense of belong um that we had while we were here in this group in this community that the grove offers us uh, so we just we miss that so much um as we continue to adjust in the community, I mean, Texas has a lot of great things. Uh, they have grass, and it's green. I mean, it rains. Um, so there are some really great things and, and stuff like that, but all y'all aren't there. So that's really the challenge. So I just want you guys to know that we, as a group, my family, my daughters, my wife and I, we truly, truly miss um, all of you. Um, and what you've meant to us, and, and it's so great to be back, to hug people, punch a few, um, and really uh, have that camaraderie and experience, tease a few, I guess. So anyway, we are in a series. I'm super excited to be able to say we're in a series. It's been a few months. <laughs> we're in a series called uh, Just Walk Across the Room, and I, I wasn't sure, I mean, how we're saying that, because like in Texas, you wouldn't say that. You'd say... Uh, just mosey on over and ask them how they've been, you know. And uh, I guess I mean, New Mexico is kind of expecting it would be, are you going to walk over or no? <laughs> so, Ombers, are you going to walk over or no? <laughs> I guess it's good we're not in New York. It could be worse, right? Just walk across the room. Huh? What's wrong with you? You, got, you have rocks in your head? Just get over there. You're wasting my time. But I guess we're going with Middle America here. Just just walk across the room. Just just go across the room. So it's a great series. If you haven't uh, seen the last two, you need to check it out. Um, Eric and Dave gave those, and they they're fantastic. Uh, this 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 series really is oriented towards uh, Christians, and and we're, I'm going to be talking a lot to Christians today. If you're not a Christian and you're here, um, first thing I want to welcome you. Um, we're glad you're here. Um, don't panic. Just sit back, relax. It's okay. No one's going to judge you in this community. And that's one of the reasons I really, really love the Grove is that we are welcoming and we're here to, to engage with you and, and be your friend and, and give you the opportunity to belong. So I will eventually get to talk to you about some of those things. So hang in there. And the principles I'm going to talk about, you can apply in your life. So stay engaged, and the, it did, the place didn't burn down, so you're good, and uh, just relax. Besides, there's people in here who have done way worse than you. I know them all, so. All right, so, um, just kidding. So I want to welcome everybody on the podcast, on Facebook Live. Um, it's great to, that's so weird. It's great to be doing this, and can you bump me a slide? All right, so I'm doing part three, and it's called The Power of Story. And really what I want to talk to you about is the power of story. Because 
in our as Christians, a lot of times when we're sharing our faith and talking to people, maybe someone has come to us with a crisis, we're good with facts. Okay, if you're a feeler, then maybe you're better about st- telling story and communicating through story. If you're if you're a thinker or task oriented, um, you're ready with the, the list of facts, right? And here here are the facts: uh, Jesus died for you. He you know died on the cross for you so that you could be saved. Give your life. Here, you know, chop chop chop. Here are the facts. And um, the thing I want to talk about today with stories that story bridges the gap between facts and reality. Okay? It does. When someone starts telling a story, lots of things happen to us. And it, story really starts early, right? So when you, were, when you were a kid, right, you don't want to go to bed, mom would say, okay, how about a story, right? And what happens? Everybody's on the bed. All right, I want this one. I want this one. I want it, right? One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Right? Dr. Seuss, we're there. Green eggs and ham. One of my favorites to read to my kids. I love this book probably more than my kids did. Is Sheep in a Jeep on a Hill That's Steep. Sheep won't go. Jeep won't go. I mean, I remember it still, and I haven't read the thing for 20 years. So, I mean, great story, right? How about, how about Good Night Moon? Oh, good Night Moon. Good Night House. Right? We remember, I think uh, Apple did a, or somebody did an iPod parody on Good Night Moon. It was fantastic. Uh, story starts early for us. And I think it's because it's part of our design. It's part of our design to engage in story. And story bridges the gap between fact and reality. And, and people have, I've read, you know, as Christians, you know, claiming Christians or whatever, you, you can see they, there's a lot of bashing about the entertainment industry. Um, $7 trillion is one of the numbers I saw for the entertainment industry and Americans. All they care about is entertainment and blah, blah, blah. Here's the truth. Okay, it's good night moon pumped up. A bunch of notches, right? It's story, and we engage in story. And one of these people even called it the United States of Entertainment. That's what we've become. You know, it's a natural progression from Dr. Seuss to Jason Bourne or Pride and Prejudice or some other great film, right? I mean, sometimes, ladies, sometimes, don't you feel like you're in a Jane Austen movie? Don't you? With the stuff that's going on at, in, at, at home and all the stuff, right? For me, um, I love the Bourne series. Jason Bourne, has, he has this crisis of identity, right? He can't remember uh, who he is, and he finds out, oh, I'm a government assassin, and, and I don't want to be that, and... Then, then, you know, a movie later, he finds out who he used to be, and there's this back and forth, and his identity, and I'm engaged. You know, and it's not just entertainment. It's that, that I, I can identify with his character because I've had that identity crisis. I've had that place where I really don't want to be this person, but it's me. I, I'm trying to pretend I'm putting this out there, my online profile, that I, I'm, I'm this person, but really, 
this is me. And that struggle. And I watch this film and I, I see how he deals with things. And I hope the writers are good because he needs to work it out because maybe I can learn something. Maybe I can grow from that experience. And this is the power of story. Is that we are able to engage in the story. And we, we identify with the characters. We, we learn. It, it answers some of our big size, our life size questions about life. So as, as we move forward, I'm, I'm going to just take us through real quick. Um, as we move forward with this, I'm going to talk about the context of story in terms of us walking across the room. There's so much there for us. As we walk across the room to somebody who needs Christ, someone who's in need, maybe they're doing great, but we begin that relationship with that person. If we start rifling facts about our faith, that's not really going to get them anywhere. But if we can engage them in story and they can begin to relate then perhaps we can see, we can help them see what God truly is offering them. So as you approach a person, really everyone, secular psychologists and theologians agree on this. There are three questions that every person is asking. You can even, I mean, you might feel free to write these down, but really you don't need to because you're asking these questions. Everyone is asking these three questions. The first question is, who am I? What's my identity? The second question is, where do I belong? Security. The third question is, why am I here? What's my significance? What's the point? Right? If I look at evolution, then my life is really, I mean, who cares? I, I guess I'll try and enjoy it and do whatever, but I really, you know, what's the point? I mean, these are the three questions that everyone's asking. And it's because God designed us to have an identity, to have security, and to have significance. When you walk, when you walk across the room and you're reaching out, you're building this relationship with someone, if you're paying attention, you'll be able to see the areas where they're struggling in these questions. Because if you're struggling in, in any, answering any one of these questions, you have a sense of being lost. I really, I really don't know who I am. I mean, I'm trying to, I think I got this figured out, but then I do that. And I, I'm not that person I thought I was. I'm lost. I'm struggling. I'm trying to make it through. Uh, but hey, everything's good. We went to the beach. Let me post my photo. We're good. Right? Everybody's asking those questions because God designed us to have those. So when you walk across the room and build that relationship, you could shoot some facts. Like here's a great verse, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2.10. Fantastic verse. For, for we are his workmanship, my identity. I, uh, God made me. I'm God's workmanship. I was made in his image. It's my identity. And I was created in Christ. I belong to Christ. I belong to Christ for good works, which he prepared beforehand. 
God prepared something before I existed. Way over here, God prepared something for me to do. He said, um, I have this to do, and I'm going to create that person to do it. I have significance. God planned things for me to do. Right? Identity, security, significance. Great, great facts, right? It's kind of hard to, you know, relate because I'm thinking I'm not anybody's workmanship, okay? Did you see me yesterday? You know, I got pulled over on, on 287, and that cop was writing me a ticket. And I'm a pastor. I'm not doing good here. And before that, don't get me started, right? I'm not workmanship here. I'm a wreck, <laughs> you know? I'm the wretch in the song. That's me. I don't feel like it's hard to relate. I don't feel like workmanship but we are, and it's a fact. So look at this passage. This passage is in Psalm 40. This reads more like story. Right? I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. It's story. We're engaged. I, I'm crying out to the Lord because things aren't good, and I can relate to that because, you know, things aren't always great. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. I'm redeemed. God redeemed me. That's my identity. I am redeemed by God. God loved me enough to lift me out of the mud and the mire and to set me on a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. Security. Right? He put a new song in my mouth. Man, I was singing because I'm redeemed and I'm secure. And I'm singing this great song and it's a hymn. Praise to God. And many will see and fear the Lord. People are going to see this and they're going to notice because I'm sharing it. My significance is sharing what God has done for me. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him because of what he did for me. Much more relatable, right? Right? So we need to share our story. Many will see. We need to share our story. It's great. The facts are true, and that's all fantastic. But really, if you're building this relation, you've walked across a room, building a relationship with somebody, it'd be really good for you to share your story. So here's some considerations as you consider sharing your story. It must be true, really. I mean, uh, <laughs> how many times have we seen in the news some guy tells some story? There was a guy in the, I think in the 80s, right, Mike? You were alive back then. And he, um, he was, uh, you're still alive now. Yeah. You, it was back, right, 80s? There was that guy, Satan worshiper. He said he was a Satan worshiper. He had this whole big story. He came to know the Lord. Well, the fact finders went out there and busted him. And he was humiliated and he made Christianity and Christ and everything look horrible because he made it up. Okay? I know that you wouldn't intentionally make up your story, but you might make it sound better than it was or fudge it some because you're trying to make it relatable. It needs to be true. Because you're in a relationship with that person, they're going to hear your story a lot over the years. Must be true. Must be heartfelt. 
I'm sharing my heart here. We're talking and I'm sharing my heart. It must be humble, not arrogant. I mean, how many of you have had someone share their story and really what you're getting from them is, I'm not as dumb as you were. <laughs> right? It needs to be humble. I, I can relate and, yeah, I was like that. I th- you know, I've even said to people, you know, um, yeah, I was, it was like that. I think it was a little worse, actually. And I did this. And they said, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Humble. It should be brief and to the point. Okay? If you're going to share your story, if you're an hour and a half in, who remembers why you even started saying that? You know? I mean, this is, the story is not supposed to be, you know, the me story. Me, it's all about me for an hour and a half, and we're still talking about me. It can't be like that. People, they, like, uh, you know, I was trying to share this, and, you know, I used to, (laughs) this is terrible, I'm going to say this. I used to call my mom back, way back, uh, college days, and I had a problem, and I wanted to talk to her about it. And I would say some part of where I was struggling, and then she would talk the rest of the time about what I need to do. It's a parent. I've done it to my own kids. I don't fault her. It's a parent thing because you're just trying to fix it. Get it fixed before you careen off a cliff. You know. I don't know why are we like that. <laughs> it's just it's the parent thing. But you know, and it, uh, I never, I didn't get to share. It should be brief. It should be to the point. I should be. I should be trying to say, hey, look, this is this is how it was for me, similar to how you, how things were. But God intervened, and I've had someone to walk through life with after that. It really should be three parts. Our story should be pre-salvation, which which is typically the hour and a half. Then there's two minutes of I came to Jesus and 30 seconds of everything is awesome. I don't know why we do that. I mean, seriously, like I've heard people sharing their story, talking about the different party games, that drinking games they used to do. And those, I mean, I was like, are you sure we should go now? I mean, that sounds pretty good, you know. And And then everything got really bad. And Jesus came in. And things have been great since then. Like, you just talked for an hour. Let's go party. I mean, that I'd like to try that. You know, that's not good, right? It should be these three things in balance. Your, your pre-story should not be romanticizing or making it seem so awful. Oh, my God. I almost died. It should be, it should be heartfelt, like I said, like, for me, my story, I got really lost when my dad passed. And I was really bitter with God, and I didn't want to talk to him. And I basically ran my own show. And I told the Lord, I don't trust you because look what you did. Talk to the hand. You know, I'll keep my fire insurance, but really, don't talk to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my own show. And really what happened was I, I kept making it messes i kept making it worse i kept reacting to things and and i kept trying to force solutions to make things be what i wanted them to be you know like kids and my wife and just i you know i got sideways not too long right 
That wasn't too long. I got sideways. And this woman came to me and she said, you, believe it or not, you need to go to a 12-step program. That's what she said. So I punched her right in the face. No. So in my head, I think it was. No, I said, I'm not doing that. Hear me. This is what I said. I'm not like those people. I'm not. not. No, I'm not going. Well, this lady was really bossy and really persistent. And so I went with her. And so that's it. That's all my pre-story. And I've set you up for my God story. Because at that point, God met me in that 12-step program. Because I was so angry with him, I couldn't talk to him. But I was willing to talk to a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And as I worked through my steps, I began to see I was the problem. God was trustworthy. I just didn't like what he did. But it's been one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I got to a place of where I was able to see that and embrace my relationship with Christ. Not too long, right? And my life has been different since then. Things haven't been great. I still, ha- I still had to deal with the mess I made. But there were times, so many times, where I was so grateful that I could go to the Lord and he would share with me that he's there that I can trust him. He Basically, it's it looks bad now, but all things pass. And you'll get there. And I'm engaged. Look, see. And he would do things, miracles, things. There was a point in camp when uh, I was at, in Montana camp, and I, uh, I, 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 was, I was crying, you know, they were doing all the song and all that stuff, as embarrassing as anything. And, and, uh, the first time deep, deep, deep inside me, I said to the Lord, I don't want my dad. My dad can't help me with this issue. I, I need you to help me with this issue. And that relationship that I have with the Lord now makes all the difference in my life. And you can have that too. You can engage with God like that too. Because he loves you and he bought you with his soul. He, he, Jesus went to the cross and died for you. He bought you so that he could restore that vertical relationship, what's broken between the two of you. That's what he did for me. He can do it for you. So three minutes. It's the truth. That's my story. Three minutes. Right? Not an hour and a half. Not a drama. Not a... You guys can do that. Right? Does anybody think they can't do that? You guys can do that. So why share? Because God wants everybody saved. God wants everybody saved. He's, the Bible says he would that none would perish. He wants everybody saved. When will it happen? It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in this relationship. You have to pay attention. You have to be aware of the spiritual opportunity. So a lady at my office, I've been, and she, she actually helped me get in the building and all this stuff. She's great. I love her. She's super kind. Texas, you know, she's got her thing going and all that. Uh, she doesn't have big hair, which is good. Um, but she, she's, um, I'm just kidding. I thought that, don't spam me on that. 
she's a really great lady and and so i've i built this relationship with her this rapport you know in the kitchen hey you know how was your weekend just normal relationship so she came by and we started talking and she's got a friend who's dying you know and she's yeah we're you know we're trying to people are giving scripture i said can i give one there's my door. The, the Holy Spirit opened that door for me to speak into that relationship. I said, can I, can I give a scripture? This is like my favorite scripture. And I think it would be really encouraging to him. She said, yeah, yeah, just email it to me. I'll, I'll print them all up and, and give it to him. I can do that. So I did. And then I talked to her just this last week. She was going over there at lunchtime. And I was booked. But I, but I said to her, I'd love to go over and pray with him if the opportunity arises. Sometime when you go, let me know. If my schedule's clear enough, I'll go with you. I'm just paying attention. Because God wants to work in that guy's life. He's he's not really sure about God and where he's at. He knows he's going to die soon. He's in hospice. He's trying to reach out by reading the scriptures because that's kind of what he grew up with and hopefully it makes a difference. I want to go and pray with this guy. It's scary. I know I'm a pastor, but to go over there and talk to someone who's dying soon is scary. But I'm going to take God with me, and I'm going to ask Jesus to come with me on the other side. (laughs) Also God, me and the Father and the Son, we're going to go over there with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to pray for this guy. And we'll see what happens. And if I can lead him to Christ... I will. Because God wants everybody saved. And we just have to pay attention to the opportunities that God puts in our hands. I know some people, like Eric, who pray in the morning, Lord, help me meet that person that you want me to impact today. You guys could do that, right? You could do that. Because really what's happening here is we're, we're weaving two stories together. We're weaving our story of where we were not so great. We were doing it without God and things. I mean, some people, things are fine. I'm fine. Things are fine. Yeah, but you know, you know they're not fine. You still have answers to your big questions. We have our story, and then there's God's redemptive story, which I read to you out of Psalms 40, where he pulled us out of a pit and set us on a rock. Uh, and with this cop that pulled, yeah, so like I'm dry, literally I'm practicing my sermon through Wichita Falls, and this party crasher shows up in my rearview mirror, like flashing lights. I'm like, oh, hey, a party. Oh, no, this is a party crasher. So he pulls me over, comes up to the window, you know, and he says, <clears throat> caught you coming over the crest of the hill there at 75 and a 60. There have been three 60-mile uh, speed limit signs since you came into town up to this point, since you got to me. So can I see your driver's license? I was like, no. No. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, I looked and I got my, yes, you know, I got my hands on my wheel. So I get my wall, I get my driver's license as I'm handing it to him. I say, is there any mercy? And then he went like all Billy Elright on me. He goes, not today. <laughs> like, come on, man. He goes, now you guys in New Mexico, you probably have that click it or ticket thing. 
Yeah, so we're doing something like that, but it's for speeding. Like, so is it like get mellow or get a yellow ticket? I mean, what do you guys call that? So. <laughs> then he asked me to get out of the car. No. So I didn't say that. I just said, okay, you know. So he went back, you know, and he came back, and he was equally as Billy Elright polite to me. And uh, he asked me, uh, do you have any questions? Like, can you take, can you undo this? I already asked that. You said no. I said no. I think it's all pretty clear. Thank you. And I prayed in that moment while he was back there. Lord, do you want me to speak to this guy at all? Do you want me to? I mean, it's so great for me to say that I'm one of your children speeding through town. I'm a pastor working on my message. I really didn't see the signs. I was like talking this through. You know, I wasn't looking at the slides on my phone. Okay, just. Babe, just so you know, I wasn't driving and looking at my slides. So I didn't get impressed to speak to him. But as I was driving away, I realized what I should have, could have said to him. And it would have been this. When he said, do you have any questions? I could have said, yeah, I do. So I'm basically a good driver. I've been driving for 34 years. And, and I, I've obeyed so many speed limit signs, traffic lights. I mean, my good far outweighs my bad. Why, why doesn't that count in this case? Why are you writing the ticket? Which he would have said, really, dude? <laughs> he would, I don't know what he would have said, but he should have said, he would have said, you broke the law. I mean, I have it on my, you know, radar gun. 75 and a 60. You had three times to know that it was 60. You broke the law. Here's your ticket. And I would have said, exactly. Because that's how God is. It doesn't matter how much good I do. As much as I reach out to people and I get my relationships good horizontally, the problem is I broke God's law vertically. My relationship with him, we call this the vertical, is broken. It doesn't matter how much I do horizontally. All the good driving in the world doesn't account for the fact that I just broke the law. To which he was said, yeah, that's true. And then I could have said, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Do you? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pay this ticket unless someone pays it for me. And that's what Jesus did for me. He paid my penalty for me. He and I switched places. And now all the good that he did, all the perfect he did, I now have in my account. And all of what I did, he had in his. And he paid my penalty. And that is the only way that I can have my vertical relationship fixed. Good, right? Because it's the truth. And if you're, you're here, if you're not a Christian and, and you feel like you're doing the morality, we call that the morality ladder. Like, well, Mother Teresa, she's up here, Billy Graham, I'm kind of midway. I should be good enough. God should accept me because I'm good enough. That cop, with, he gave me a ticket. He didn't care. 
He said, slow down. That's what he told me. You need to slow down. The speed limit is, you broke the law. Here's your ticket. I have no idea how much this thing's going to be. I just hope I wasn't in a double fine zone. But in life, we're kind of in a double fine zone. <laughs> With God, I got to get my, I got to get that relationship fixed. And, and the only way that happens for all of us is if we choose to accept the payment that Christ is willing, has willingly made for us. You can pay your own penalty. You can. But don't, don't you want to fix that vertical? Don't you want to fix that relationship? Because you have more life to live. And you can, you can have your identity question solved. You can have your security questions solved. I belong to God. I belong with God's people. I belong in community. You can have your significance question answered. God purposed for you to do things. He planned for your existence. He planned for you to be here today. It was intentional. So I'm, I'm just going to ask everybody if you wouldn't mind, just bow your head and close your eyes just to give some privacy. And I just want to ask, if you're here today and, and you don't, your vertical relationship is broken, and you want to fix that by have, by accepting the payment that Jesus made. Just just lift your hand. Make that decision. You want to fix your vertical relationship. Awesome, awesome. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Anyone else? This best decision you'll ever make. You will not have to do life alone anymore. On the inside, because God comes. In. Anyone else? All right. So the way this happens is you basically say, you basically ask God verbally to come into your life to fix your vertical relationship. You accept that payment. You invite Jesus to come into your life. And you say, I, I want you to save me. Pull me out of the pit that I'm in. And do life with me. So I'm going to lead lead you in, in a prayer. Prayer, you, you know, you may know, but prayer is just talking to God out loud, and uh, or in your head. And uh, we'll pray this prayer. And I'm just going to ask everybody, who's, if you're a Christian and if you raise your hand, let's all pray this together, just to make it a little more comfortable for those who raise their hands. And uh, and let's let's pray this together. Okay. So just repeat this after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I accept your sacrifice for all of the things that I have done wrong. Forgive me for every sin and save me. Lord Jesus, do life with me now. From now forward, in the name of Jesus, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, we have stuff for you. Because um, that's how we are. We want something for you, not something from you. We have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have one for you. It's free. It's free because we want, 
We want you to, to, to have that opportunity to engage in this relationship. It's free. So grab a Bible. And you can look up some of the verses I talked about. Ephesians 20 is kind of in here toward the, toward the right. Psalm 120, kind of, or 40. Psalm 40 in the middle. You can read that. And you can see what Jesus, what God has done to reach out to you so that you could have a relationship with him because this is something God knows. You need him. You need him. And he wants you. He wants you. So if you don't have a Bible, pick up, pick up one. The second thing is that we have this um, book. It's called Ten Steps Towards Christ. So you prayed this prayer and you might be thinking, okay, now what? This is what? Grab this book and left to right. It's like a normal book. Start reading. Check it out. See what God has for you and what God has done for you. And this will enlighten you and empower you to understand what God has done for you and what to do next as you begin this walking this relationship. And we just said a prayer. Maybe that was the first time you had ever talked to God. But look, that's how easy it is. Just start talking. You can talk when you drive. You can talk in your head when you're at the at work, wherever. Ask God to help you at work. You'll be surprised. That difficult person that you've been dealing with, say a prayer. Ask God, Lord, what do I do? Help me to deal with that person because they're driving me crazy and I need your help. And see what God does. See, watch God work. It might get worse at first because sometimes that's how it has to go in order for it to get to where God wants it to be, where it's best for you. So do that. We also have the connection card. Eric talked about that in the beginning. There's a section in the bottom on, in the bottom that talks about um, whether you made this commitment or not. You know, check the box. Let us know so that we can engage with you and help you on this walk. You need help, right? And that's the belong. You belong here. You belong at the Grove. This is a community of love and of people who love people. Amen? Amen. So um, we're going to transition, and, and this is a, a time where we talk, um, we talk about um, well, not, we're not talking, actually. I'm talking. You're not talking. This is uh, this time we're going to um, receive an, an offering, basically money, so that we can continue to do this and uh, fund what's happening here at the Grove um, so that we can continue to reach out to people and, and have them. If this is your church home, uh, please feel free uh, to help build this community. Um, we asked the theater. We said, can we do this for free? in your theater, and they said, in Billy Outright fashion, no. <laughs> Pay the money. So, if this is your church home, and you like what you're seeing, invest. Invest in what's happening here. I, I left. I live over there in Texas now. I still tithe here. <laughs> I'm still investing here. Because I, I want this to happen. I want God to continue to work in what he's doing here. So feel free to invest. Um, we'll pass the buckets left to right. If you're first time or, you know, you, you don't, no pressure, no big deal. We want something for you 
not something from you. All right, so go ahead. Uh, let me pray. Lord, just do the work, God. Open the doors for these people that, that as we move forward, as we, we walk across the room, we will engage in relationships, Lord, that will allow you to reach the people, Lord, with your love and your desire, God, and that you will bring them into relationship with you so that it, they can live the best life possible. Lord, do that. Lord, bless this offering. Help us go further than we think it ever could. Lord, and just continue, continue, continue the opportunity that are before us, the opportunities before us that we can engage in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give up for Robert today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hey, next Saturday.